your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The triangle set to the top of the pattern. Now Spielman in motion to the near side. Rolling right is McCaffrey. Throws it toward the end zone. Wide open is Noah. Makes a catch. And it is a touchdown. Nebraska. Now let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. And I'll echo Tim Kern. Happy Halloween to everybody. All you ghosts and goblins who are getting ready to head out, do some trick-or-treat and have some fun tonight, be safe out there. And if you're driving around some neighborhoods, keep your eyes open. You don't want anybody getting hurt tonight. I never was huge into Halloween. I've only probably been to one or two costume parties in my, since, you know, I'm kind of past the teenage years. How about you? I always, like, feel like I want to be. But then you don't. But it just kind of never happens. You know, yeah. like... Like, I'm into the spirit of Halloween. Like, I'm all about, you know, taking the dog for a walk around the neighborhood and seeing the decorations and just really getting the fall feel. Down for always a couple of Halloween movies. Um, but then, like, I'm usually here or, you yeah. know. And it, so it kind of takes it away a little bit. It does. You're a big Twix guy. That's your go-to. I mean, I'm not really – I don't think I'm overly picky. Maybe I am. Because I'm not, like, a huge candy connoisseur. Um, but, yeah, Twix, Reese's, Snickers. No gummy worms? Yeah. I mean, see, like, the candy candy, I don't really get into. Yeah. Like, Skittles and, and Starburst, like, I'll eat them, but give me chocolate over that all day. I'm a Snickers guy. That's where I would go first. I, don't, I love Reese's peanut butter cups, too. Mm-hmm. Those are my. But things. you also like candy corn, so it's like <laughs> yeah, I do. Im- impossible for but, me to take your opinion seriously. Well, but candy corn is more just to nibble on. It's not something you're going to get and thrown in your bucket on Halloween night. But yeah, if it's in a dish, yeah, I'm munching that down. Nate roars with me on the candy corn. How can you not be a fan of the corn huskers and not like candy corn? Yeah, nothing... I mean, it's kind of a, it's kind of par- part of the, the deal. No, no, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying. You know, if you're not a farmer, you can't be a, a fan of the corn huskers. Like, if you live in Omaha, I live in the city. Like no. They're not husking corn. Corn. You got to like corn. I love corn. Then candy corn. No. There's corn. It's not the same. Ugh. All right. We could go round and round on this. We, lot, and we would. So. Austin, I think we have. I think we did it last we year. We did. Austin's with me on the candy corn. He's thumbs up on the candy corn. Uh, all right. Let's sit with a bunch of... <laughs> tools <laughs> all right let, let's dive into it. we didn't we didn't have been with you for a couple of days we had basketball last night we'll talk about that here in a couple of minutes and then on uh, tuesday night we had the volleyball show and the women's basketball show so we only had an hour to spend with you huskers getting ready for purdue on saturday leave tomorrow head to west lafayette it's going to be cold and windy in uh, ross age stadium for the game on saturday that starts at noon eastern 11 o'clock central time in it's about as close to a must-win, right, for Nebraska. I mean, if they're going to get the six, th- this is this needs to be one. This needs to be a game Nebraska gets. We're going to hear from the head coach with a practice report coming up here in a little bit. He was not in the best of moods, I guess, is maybe the way to put it today. Um, I don't think he wasn't really sparring with the reporters, but he gave some short answers. I think he knows the importance of this game. Uh, that if you look at the last four games, Nebraska needs to go to at least two and two to at least 
to get to bowl eligibility. And of the four teams you play, this this team in Maryland are the two that aren't having great years. It doesn't mean you can't beat a Wisconsin or Iowa, but th- these would be the two that you, would on paper, have your your best chances and opportunities to do that. And I, you know, I think there was a bit of a bounce from this team, well, what they did offensively against Indiana, and it certainly sounds like Adrian's going to be able to play on Saturday. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing what type of Adrian Martinez we get, particularly early in the game. Uh, and, and I mean, I don't know. You'll, I would imagine you're asking Frost, you know, what that rest did for him. Um, you know, coming up here on on your pregame in a couple days, but. I'm intrigued to hear his answer and, and how Adrian's going to, you know, bounce back or um, his emotion level, you know, what it's like sitting and watching for a couple uh, days, but or a couple weeks, but then also watching his teammates play well. I'm sure that kind of lit a fire under him a little bit to uh, to get him going. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see if Adrian is the guy. I'm excited to see him out there and, and how he does. The other bit of news, and this came out about this time yesterday, relates to Markel Dismuke, the Husker safety, who started every game for Nebraska in the secondary, missed a court date. He was pulled over, had a suspended license, needed to make an appearance in court, didn't show up. Um, My guess is, Ben, and I haven't been over to football today, I'll get over there tomorrow and then obviously be with him for the next 48 hours, they may not have known about this. I mean, a lot of times if you get a ticket – or something like this, you're not going around bragging about it so coaches don't hear about it. It's on you. It's a personal responsibility thing. You're supposed to take care of that kind of thing. You're supposed to pay your tickets. You're supposed to, you know, if you if you get a speeding ticket or a parking ticket, you're supposed to pay those. If you haven't got your license renewed, you got to do that. I mean, there's personal responsibility here. So Scott Frost acted today like this is kind of the first he's heard about it. And I had somebody say, well, how can that be? Well, I mean, think about that. I mean, if you're probably not going to be up to date on guys getting – ticket or having a license not renewed or whatever so this this throws a bit of a wrench into the defense whether Markell is going to be disciplined for this does he make the trip for this Nebraska already down Deontay Williams in that secondary what does this do for the rotation back there Cam Taylor Britt certainly is still there but that's a guy that seems like he's come out of every game this year Ben because of that shoulder that I'm sure needs some kind of attention in the offseason Eli Sullivan Eric Lee are guys that could play back there. But to me, this the dismuke thing is, come on, take care of your business. I mean, this is something in life you got to deal with. I mean, this isn't something you just can brush to the side. you gotta got to handle your, handle your business. Yeah, and it's frustrating. for I, I mean, I'm not going to claim like I'm best friends with Scott Frost or anything, but I would imagine any human, you know, or his head coach, assistant coach, whatever, you know, if you're told something like that coming off the practice field, is he – told reporters today it's probably going to put you in an, in an upset mood or not make you the happiest to find out that a spot that you're already thin uh there could be some danger of of your one starter that's been out there of not playing i can imagine that's sticking with you a little bit so uh yeah i mean this is something that you wish never would have happened and and again we don't know the the fallout from it or, or what's what's to happen of it but yeah, probably not something you wanted to hear on Thursday of game week. Uh, 
in a position you're already pretty thin. Yeah, not at all. So that's the news of the day. We don't have any updates. Again, that's, this is something that broke yesterday afternoon. The coach was asked about it earlier today. We'll get into that in our practice report coming up here in a couple of minutes. Mentioned we were not on the air last night. Husker basketball, their exhibition game with Doan, took place. Huskers a 91-63 winner over the NAI school from Crete. Nebraska got off to a tough start. They were down 8 to nothing early in the game, but then kind of found their mojo, had a big run, um, got up 43-24 at the half, outscored Dome by 9 in the second half, ended up shooting 53% for the game, only 28% from three-point range and struggled at the free-throw line. And I keep hearing your 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 thoughts about this team when he came back from Italy. This kind of fits what you were saying. There are going to be moments where they look gangbusters, and other moments you're like, "What? What was that?" That stat sheet is pretty much what I expected to see, and it's and it's pretty much what we saw in Italy. You know, there. I don't know that this is going to be a great foul shooting team. Uh, I think the 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 scoring is going to be pretty spread out, like it was last night. The first stat that I'm going to look at every single time Nebraska plays is rebounding compared to them them to the other team and last night they had a plus 12, plus 12 edge rebounding which uh I think uh we, we might want to frame that box score and put it on the wall because I don't know that that happens again but eight three-pointers and attempted nearly 30 up and down the floor you go they assisted on 22 shots this all kind of fits what I think we're going to see with this team. And uh, 91, I think, is a total that um, that 90 and above, you're probably going to hit a couple times. But I think you can anticipate the opponent scoring more than 63 on the Huskers throughout the year, too. But, um, yeah, I think, I think any given night, you know, most of those guys that played more than 15 minutes could lead you in scoring. And I think that's going to be a pretty common thing. Coach Hoiberg did spread the minutes out pretty well what you would expect to do in an exhibition game you want to kind of get a lot of different guys on the floor even the walk-ons played a, a fair amount toward the end of the game last night do you put much stock in the first five that ran out there last night it was way drago mac uh burke cheatham and green those were the five that kind of makes sense to you yeah i to me i think uh, those are probably the five that that run out there on the on the season opener the one guy that you know, I, I think maybe could could crack that lineup at some point as Kavas, depending on matchups and what they're expecting to see uh, on the defensive end of the floor. But yeah, I think right now, if if I, I think that was the starting five that I picked uh, about a week ago, when someone in the office asked me, I think Way Drago, whether he's ready or not, he's going to have to be the guy just because of his size, and and Nebraska is going to be massively undersized. And then you look at at the rest. Right, I mean, Cam Mack is just electrifying with the ball. Uh, DB is probably, you know, uh, in terms of being a guard, you know, one of the best just true all-around guards that you have. And Gervais, Gervais is going to score, I feel, most nights. And, and Cheatham's going to be, you know, your most consistent guy on, on both ends of the floor and, and probably the leader on the floor too. So, you know, between uh, Green and Kavas, I think those two are probably pretty interchangeable. But I think that's the five that, that you're going to see out there. Love the little Halloween theme. The boys in the back putting some effort into tonight's show. It's a favorite Halloween movie series by far. That would be number one in yep. your category. Uh, we also have a Runs of Twitter poll out that you would we'd love for you to get on board and vote. It's who is the scariest Husker black shirt of all time? Your options, Grant Wistrom, uh, 
Indomitian Sue, Jason Peter, or others. Um, one comment left so far is Rich Clover as an other. But right now, it's dominated by Indomitian Sue. I wouldn't want that man anywhere near me in a football field. <laughs> I mean, any of those people. Yeah. Really. So there you go. Get on Twitter at Oscar Sports. Our Twitter handle. Go vote on our Twitter. What's poll that movie like? Zombieland or something? What's the one where they have like? What was the one that came out like like three four years ago, two three years ago maybe? And they had like there was like a spooky gang of people like cast. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? I do. I don't remember the name of the movie. Was it Zombieland? Could be. I feel like that's incorrect. I feel like it's not Zombieland. Our, our our good friend Jeremy Foote was a big advocate for this movie before it came out. Anyway, I see like you're gonna have to text him and ask him. I the see these the people, uh, these former Huskers, could walk around and probably fight from, fight some crime. Probably so. What was the Will Smith movie where it was kind of there's some? I am Legend. I am Legend, where everything else is gone except the yeah, zombies. That's basically. a good movie. It is a pretty good movie. There's a lot of stuff in that movie. Uh, yeah, that one's kind of underrated, Will Smith movie, because I, I don't know. The, it's on cable all the time. You can stumble into it on TBS or it's one of those things at some point in time. Yeah. I like I Am Legend. I, I want I got the page up here to search it, but I don't even know what to search for. So Just text your boy. He'll get right back to you unless he's refereeing a high school game tonight. Could be. He can do that. Before we jump into a practice report, let's uh, head to Carney. Jeremy, you're going to lead us off today. Good evening. Hey, how's it going? Good. Hey, I don't have Twitter. I just heard you guys talking about the scariest, scariest black shirts of all time. Yeah. And there's a big one that you guys didn't have on there. Danny Noonan. Old Danny Noonan. Danny's son works with us now. Danny's not so scary anymore. <laughs> nice guy, though. Well, <laughs> I met him while I was in high school. I met him on a field trip. Into the university in '85 or '86, so I'd hate to meet back then. I would hate to meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> now he's a gentle giant. Jeremy, appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. Danny Noonan went on to have a good career with the Dallas Cowboys. Now living back here in Lincoln. All right, let's jump into tonight's practice report. Every practice, we're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it all season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it. It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. Brought to you by JTEC Construction. With JTEC Construction, it's simple. When it's time to replace your windows, give the official exterior experts of the Huskers a call for a free, no obligation assessment well Greg kind of laid it out what type of mood the head coach was in and you'll be able to, to put that together here all your own after these very brief sound bites and he was uh, <laughs> first asked about Adrian Martinez being back at practice and what he looked like Adrian looks uh, like he's got dark hair and weighs about 225 pounds that's how he looks so he looks just pretty much how we thought he looked the last time we saw him play because I don't think his hair color changed, and I don't think his stature changed Something much. tells me that's not what the questioner had in mind when he asked that question. I don't know that he was expecting that. Yeah. No. Uh, execution, uh, something that Coach Frost has talked a lot about in the last couple of weeks and uh, went further on that topic here today. Hey, uh, I thought the guys 
did some things better this week. Obviously, still things we're working on and working through, but um, things got better. Bottom line, we just got to show up on Saturday and, and play and execute. Uh, we got to be better on third down on defense, and we got to not make mistakes on offense. Um, aside from that, there's a lot of things that were better, a lot better last Saturday, but you can't overcome those type of things. This next question in particular was asked about the offensive linemen getting ready to go uh, with the next couple of games and the last few games here in the month of November, and here's Coach Frost's reply. Uh, we got a lot of guys doing the best they can and continuing to improve. Did something get cut off there? What, what no, that was, it. No, that, that was it. That was it. Okay. Uh, also ask about playing outside on the grass and the yeah, Huskers will be doing that. Yeah, bottom line, we need to be on the grass. We're playing on grass this week. Uh, we got some guys that embrace those types of things. That was quick too. They will be on the on the grass at ross Aid Stadium in West Lafayette. Colorado was grass, correct? Yep. So this yeah. will be our second game this year on grass. Um, and yeah, Nebraska does have one practice field, which is grass. So they, they went outside Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's been cold in the morning. I think I think the, they were out there this morning. It would have been in the teens, like 18, 19 degrees. It would have been crisp yeah. out there for practice today. But I could tell you confidently the, uh, the the surface in which the footing was the worst was Minnesota with the rain that was Slippery on the turf. turf. And that was that was artificial turf. Yeah. Um, or that field turf, I guess, I guess I should say. Well, it took four questions to get asked about the Markel Dismuke uh, situation on missing his court date. Here's what Coach Frost had to say. Yeah, I don't want to say too much. Uh, there was a missed court date that we have to get taken care of, uh, and we're working on that. And they have taken care of that. As the Lincoln Journal Star posted just a little bit ago that at a hearing today, Judge Rodney Reuter fined Markel $100 and costs for driving on a suspended license. So he must have made his appearance today. And the verdict was handed down. Yep. And the follow-up question was, would this affect his playing status on Saturday? I, I don't know much about it yet. I just found out about it walking off the practice field. I know we got to address a missed court date. Okay. So that <laughs> these are the shortest cuts. That's that. Um, th these next few have at least a little bit of substance <laughs> to them. And uh, back to the grass thing for a second. Coach Frost was asked about um, playing on the grass and if there are any specific challenges to that. You know, there's not as much detachable cleat anymore as there used to be. Uh, we're going to try to be as prepared as we can. From what I hear, they do a really good job taking care of their, their grass up there. Uh, I've never been there myself, never been on the field, but um, we'll make sure and try to be as prepared as we can. I'm anxious to see the surface because yes. they played last week in a monsoon on that turf. So what did it, did it get torn up? It had to have getting something. And then they got snow today. Yeah, and as I was saying, they've been getting precip throughout the week as well. So what type of shape Ooh. is that? field in I'm, I'm anxious to get down there and walk around on it and see what was it do you remember much two years ago it, it was a it was an issue it was an issue um I, I it was chunky and players were slipping and I remember getting all tore up at the end of two years ago so we'll see if it's it's the same situation coach Frost was asked about his playing days and if he ever had to switch out cleats mid-game uh yeah I remember doing that a few times uh, some of the cleats they gave you Seemed like they're about three inches long. Um, shoes, Adidas does a great job. They give us great product. If uh, I, I haven't ha really had an experience where we've had had trouble with that, I don't anticipate that unless the the field's a real mess. But it's supposed to be it's supposed to be decent up there, so I don't anticipate that. 
And and if it is, they'll, the equipment staff does a great job taking care of those guys and make sure they're they're in the right shoes. Yeah, and, yeah, and they do bring different level cleats and that type of thing. And yeah, you can get it. That's what big part of warming up is going out there, ch- t- testing the footing. And do you need a longer cleat, shorter cleat, whatever it may be? That's a big part of what the the uh, warm ups are like. Yeah. The secondary personnel, uh, where it's at right now, if Markel Dismuke can't go, Coach Frost elaborated on where his group's at. You know, whoever's called on has got to be ready. Um, certainly had a few issues with a few guys back there. I'm missing a couple guys. Um, whoever's called on has got to be ready. Purdue does a great job with their scheme. They're going to give some stuff we haven't seen and try to give us, give us some, some tricks and gadgets that our guys can't fall for. So experience is going to matter and attention to detail, and whoever's out there has got to do a good job. And we'll wrap it up about Purdue's offense and the, what type of challenge it'll present the black shirt defense with how multiple Jeff Brom's offenses can be. Yeah, they, you know, they, they run a lot of issue plays, um, try to get your eyes wrong, hit us on quite a few of them last year. So the guys have to be smart in assignment sound. And that was literally everything the head coach had to say today. Under four minutes. Glad you didn't uh, have to have that one one on. And I'm today. glad I didn't ask any of those questions. Yeah. Okay, locked in. You know, I, I'm sure the this muke thing probably got him off kilter. Yeah. You're just like, really? Come on, guys. Well, it all goes back to what he was saying. You know, being responsible and doing the things you need to do on and off the field and <laughs> i mean it's probably not just that there was probably another thing or two that was on his mind but that didn't defuse the bomb no tonight it's the nebraska football show right here on the husker sports network football now at their 47 adrian martinez pulls it back throws it out the catch goal 15 10 still gets ankle tackle a weekly look inside the Cornhusker football program. Snap back, Adrian looking right, stepping through the pressure, rolling right, now throws it downfield, and pass is caught. Uh, it was the inbounds. Austin Allen made the oh catch goodness. along the sidelines. They're going to say it's an inbounds catch at the 26-yard line. What a catch. Tonight, tight end coach Sean Becton. Huskers line up two to the near side. Shotgun snap, zone read. Adrian pulls it back, flips it out the flat jack, still wide open, walks in there, touchdown, Nebraska. Brought to you by Channel Seeds. Find your Channel Seedsman at channel.com. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at buyfordnow.com. Now here's the host of the Nebraska Football Show, the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our Football Radio Hour for the week. Tight ends coach Sean Becton with us. Here are the numbers if you want to be a part of this show, 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. Are you a big candy guy? Do you like candy? Halloween night. This is kind of the night of the year, right? Yeah. You like candy? No, I'm not a candy You're guy. not? The only thing I like is M&M's. <laughs> with the I'll, peanut center. I'll remember that. I'm going to bring you some M&Ms at some point in time. I'm expecting those on the plane tomorrow. Uh, well, I don't know about that soon, but I'm going to – maybe when I come by for one of my summer chats with you, I'll bring you some peanut M&Ms. There you go. We'll do that. Um, all right, last week I know was was disappointing, but, man, there were a lot of good things in there. You had to like the way the offense was moving the football, 31 points on the board in that game. Yeah, we played with a lot better uh, tempo uh, offensively. You know, we stressed – 
coming out and, and executing um, at a high level. And uh, for the most part, we did that. There were some situations, obviously, we would like to have back, uh, turning the football over. Um, uh, execution was much better. Uh, gave us something to build on this week in practice. And, and those guys have come in this week with a workman-like attitude all week and, and really, really prepared hard on the offensive side of the football. Perfect start. Two mm-hmm. five-play, 75-yard drives. You guys had to love the way that thing got started in the game on Saturday. Yes, we did. You know, I mean, obviously, we sit down as a staff and you know, kind of put together how we want to call the game early. Um, we knew that there were some opportunities there uh, within their defensive scheme that we can take advantage of early. And, and the kids went out and executed, and we moved the right ball right down the field. With backup quarterbacks, no less. Noah was 14 of 16. Then Luke McCaffrey comes in. He's 5 of 6. I mean... That's pretty darn near perfect for your backup and your third string. That's really encouraging to see those guys play like that. You know, the future's bright. Obviously, you know, at the quarterback spot, uh, Adrian Martinez has been the starter there. And and when you get production out of other uh, guys on the football team, that only makes the entire football team better. Um, The same thing in the tight end room. Uh, we, we talk about competition all the time. The next man is always should be pushing forward to uh, get an opportunity to play. When he gets that opportunity to play, you go out and, and uh, do a great job, and you're going to get more reps. Never know how you're going to come off of a bye week, but the mm-hmm. bye week certainly seemed to energize the offense. You guys look like you had a bounce to your steps. You mentioned the tempo. That was as fast as I've seen Nebraska play all year long. Was that by design to do that? Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time – um, on the bye week of really going back to our base fundamentals of blocking, really blocking on the offensive side of the ball, striking guys on the move, uh, striking at the right, correct landmark. And, um, and it really paid off. And uh, we've done the same thing this week, early in the week. Uh, we spent a lot of time uh, in segments as far as uh, offense, offensive line, uh, tight ends working together, running backs working on specific blocking angles and, and trying to come off the football up front a lot better than we have been early on in the year. Uh, we continue to do that this week, and you know, hopefully the results when we get out there on Saturday will show up again. All right, eight games in, four to go. Let's get kind of a grade card on your room. Let's start with Jack. He's been your He's your oldest, most veteran guy. On the team, he had three catches last week against Indiana. How's Jack Stoll played? Jack's just been steady um, all year. Um, he's emerging as one of the leaders on the offensive side of the ball. Um, he's really, really uh, taking the coaching uh, week by week. Uh, we install a lot for the for the uh, quarterbacks and also for the tight ends to understand as far as adjustments and whatnot. So we have to make – um, a lot of adjustments on the move, and those guys are really, really uh, taking ownership. And he's the one that's really kind of calls the tight ends in uh, throughout the week and maybe meet uh, 15, 20 minutes a little bit early before I have a chance to get in there and um, actually meet with them. And a lot of different things that um, I go over in a meeting, he's already kind of went through some things with those guys. So he's been a big help for me as far as being that leader in the room and I'm really, really excited about his progression uh, thus far. Austin Allen is the next guy in your room that's gotten a lot of playing time, had a catch Mm -hmm. against Indiana, had a terrific catch. I believe it was a Northwestern game along one of the sidelines. How about his progression? Well, his growth as far as his strength levels has improved. That was one of the weaknesses he's had last year. Uh, He would strike at the right, correct landmark, but – his strength levels was was nowhere near where it needed to be. Uh, now he's actually moving guys uh, uh, up front. Uh, when he does strike at the correct landmark 
and drive through drive phrase. He he's really really knocking guys off the football, and um, he's just that vertical stretch uh, far as down the football field. He's not as fast as Jack, but he's really really starting to understand uh, coverage uh, concepts in front of him and how to maneuver. Uh, off of uh, safeties and also uh, linebackers, which giving him an opportunity to get down the field a little bit better than he has in previous years. Third guy would be probably Kurt Raftall in mm-hmm. your room, a guy we've seen a little bit, not as maybe as much this year as last year, but what about Kurt? Well, those guys, Jack and, and uh, Austin, have been playing so well. Um, you know, I told Kurt every week to continue to keep working. Um, he deserves to play more, and, you know, the goal this week is – is to try to get him in there, you know, during the course of the first half. And um, he's really had some really good good weeks of practice here lately. Um, his biggest thing early on has been some of the mental makeup of things. And, and uh, obviously Jack and uh, Austin have, have been playing so well, which, you know, obviously when, when those two kids are playing really well, you kind of defer to keeping those guys on the football field. And, um I think at the back end of the year, I think Jack has really logged a lot of rap, reps. Uh, keep a good log on those guys throughout the out the year, and he's. I uh, want to keep him preserved and keep him fresh throughout the rest of the year. So I want to steal some rest with him this week and and uh, get him ready to go uh, this week. How much um, do you have to kind of monitor your guys to make sure that they're still because Kurt's not getting a lot of snaps to make sure that they're still engaged, they still feel like they're a part of because. One unfortunate landing on the field could hurt mm-hmm. somebody, and all of a sudden his playing time would go way up. How much do you monitor that with your guys to kind of keep a handle on, all right, this guy I know is not real happy he's not getting on the field. Do you do that quite a bit? Yes, we do. Um, you know, obviously during practice we have what we call a one group that takes six plays in a row, and then the twos uh, take three plays in a row. So Kurt normally gets the two play, mm-hmm. the two series, and then uh, Jack and – and uh, Austin typically rotate with the ones, with the six straight. So uh, he's getting a lot, a lot of reps, and uh, you know he knows the game plan. And you know it's just been a, a situation where those other guys have been playing well. And then the situation in the game, uh, you know the flow of the game, as far as the turnover, whatnot. You want to try to make sure you got your best guys out there. But you know he's deserved to play, and you know um, I'm, I'm expecting to get him in there early, you know throughout that first half and see what he can get done for us. He's from Indiana, going back home kind of for this Purdue game this week. We talked about that this week. I'm sure you have. He didn't bring it up, but I did. He's probably asking for tickets from his buddies (laughs) to get get some people into the game. You have two newbies in the room, and I want to start with Chris Hickman, the young man from up in Omaha, had a Mm -hmm. terrific high school season last year. Um, has had some injury situations. I know that's maybe stunted his growth a little bit. Update us all on, on him. Well, he's we're very pleased on what he's doing for us right now. Um, the only negative right now, he's got to put on you know some weight, and that's going to happen with uh, the years uh, in the weight room and in the, uh, his body type continue to mature uh, as he gets a little older. And, and uh, Zach Duvall and Dave Ellis has a plan for him to to really put pack on the weight for him, but. Uh, he's been a sponge as far as uh, uh, understanding what's going on offensively. Like I said, with with Jack earlier and, and really Austin also, those guys really stay on him about understanding uh, what we're trying to teach. And uh, they spend a lot of extra time with him also to really keep him up up to, uh, to uh, 
the level that he needs to be to go out there and play, you know, at a high level as far as understanding what's going on. Um, he's slated to, to uh, play this week. We have him on a four-game uh, rotation. Uh, he's already played in one, and uh, we're looking forward to uh, to get him in this, this week. Uh, this is one of his games. Uh, Coach Frost has a good formula on some of the freshmen where he wants to play those guys throughout the year, and this is one of the games that we have him in the game plan, special team, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens on offense. Well, good. That's a great, great update. Travis Vokalek is the other one. He's the transfer from Rutgers, has a lot of ties to the state of Nebraska. Big fella. He's a big kid. Yeah, he's unbelievably big. You know, really excited about his his progression so far. Uh, he was a little deficient as far as his technique and blocking uh, when he first arrived here. And um, he, he spends all his, his individual time with us, uh, uh, with the guys that's uh, actually you know, traveling and playing. And he's really, really – uh, really uh, improved in that area, and then on on Fridays we get to spend a little bit extra time with those guys, on, you know. And then we've just in the last couple of weeks, you know, the bye week we start spending a little bit more time with all the young kids, and uh, spending one more five ten minute deal uh, to get those guys working um, together, and uh, it's really really paid off for him. I mean, this is a year because of the transfer, he was not going to play. Mm-hmm. I love the new redshirt rule because it keeps all those guys hungry because they know they may get a week where they get their number called to go play. But for Travis, he's out. He, he knows he's not going to be able to play till next year. So sometimes maybe he checks out mentally. But you you got to keep motivating him to not do that and go fight every day. Yeah, his his mentality is I want to. I'm going to work. I came here to work to improve. And one of the reasons why he left Rutgers because he felt that, you know, he wasn't developing enough. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of the first ones. I'm in there early, you know, trying to get a walk in or, or in the weight room. And he's one of the first ones in there getting a little bit of extra work in or uh, in the weight room. And he understands uh, where he needs to be. Uh, he really relies on the, the older guys. And he's really blended in extremely well. He's a quiet-mannered kid. Um, a lot of times you don't know he's in a room, you know, when you're in a room with him. But um, he's a kid that's really, really um, going to really shake some heads uh, next year. Those guys, uh, Jack and, and Austin, uh, they see the progress and development of him, and they know they got to continue to uh, work. If this guy you know, comes in and does what I expect him to do, he's going to really push those guys. I've told you before – the other coaches are jealous of you because you got a good room. You got mm-hmm. guys who come to work every day mm-hmm. and get in there and they want to get better. So that's not the case in every room in the building, but mm-hmm. you're spoiled. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> and I keep praising those guys. Yeah. Obviously, you know, I, I tell them how proud I am of them. Uh, those guys come in and work every single day. Um, you know, it's hard to talk to them after the game um, when when those guys play hard and you know the results aren't there as far as the wins. You know, so it's hard for for me to you know to talk to those guys because I know what it means for them. And you know, my, my biggest speech with those guys this week is to you know feel the hurt, but also you guys got to do something about it. You know, you guys on the team, a lot of guys respect you guys. You guys need to step up and encourage guys to go out and compete and you know execute a lot better and uh, be leaders of the team. And those guys have done that this week. Good group of guys. Experience the value of working side-by-side with a channel seedsman who can evaluate fields and select channel products placed to perform in your specific growing conditions. Find your channel seedsman at channel 
Sportsnightly.com. Callers into our show. Dot us up on our Sports Nightly hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Coach Becton with us till the top of the hour. Talking Husker tight ends, Husker offense, 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. We'll take some calls next. You're listening to Sports Nightly. This is the Husker Sports Network. For 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. We get to know you, so we know exactly what you need. So talk to a local Farm Bureau agent today. It's your future. Let's protect it. Contact Dustin Weiss and Imperial. Sean Beckton, the tight ends coach for the Corn Oscars. It's our Nebraska football radio show. Phone lines are open for you at 866-HUSKER-1, 866-487-5371. We're watching some college football on right now with Baylor and West Virginia. You've been at this for a while. How much different is it coaching now with some of the rule changes that they put in? Safety concerns and I get that I know we all agree that yeah we want to try to make the game as safe as possible but it's got to be challenging to teach some different techniques now isn't it yeah it is um, you know with the new coming back into the box you know not taking a guy and cracking on him there you know all those things that you know that you never thought you would ever you know take out of the game you know has been taken out of the game and you know some of the late hits on the quarterbacks you know, obviously, I know they want to protect the quarterback, but there's some guy times where you just lean into a guy, and it may appear to be, you know, a call, and you know, it's just somewhat taking the aggression out of the football, uh, which you know we try to teach our guys to play with aggression and passion, and sometimes we get caught in a situation where those guys are making plays and getting penalties when uh, those guys are, you know, really playing the game of football. And, you know, we've done a you know, good, pretty good job of trying to make sure those guys understand the rules as a coaching staff. Uh, I know there's a lot of situations on, on film where, you know, you tell a kid, hey, in this situation here, fellas, you're going to have to, you know, really position block instead of going and, you know, really using your kill shot. And then the same thing also, you know, on the defensive side of the ball as far as, you know, making a tackle when the receiver's running across the middle and he's extended, you know, you can't really launch at him. So there's a lot of different things that we've, we've tried to do as far as the coaching staff to bring to attention, you know, all the different situations. And, and you know, you have to drill it and talk about it, you know, in order for those guys to, you know, not get the penalties on those. I know you're on the offensive side, but you mentioned it. I don't know what you tell some guys on sacking the quarterback. Some of them look like it's just a typical football play and they're getting hit with a 15-yard penalty. I don't know what you tell a kid after a play like that. I think the, official, the officials, um, they try to you know, adhere to the rules, especially the new rules, and they're looking for something to call and they don't want to get themselves in a position where they're not calling a new rule. And sometimes I think they're overboard on some, some situations. And obviously Coach Frost, you know, you know how animated he is when when there's a call that he doesn't agree with, you know, particularly if there's a new rule, you know, that's, you know, a little bit egregious as far as, uh, you know, those guys trying to call just to make a call just to make a call because it's a new rule. I also don't like, Coach, that when a young man gets ejected from a game for targeting – that they have to go sit in the locker room by themselves. I, I mean, that's fine. Let them go, get out of uniform, but let them come back out in sweats and be with their team. I think it's just cruel making a kid go sit in the locker room by himself. I think it's just wrong. That's just my soapbox uh, <laughs> uh, on that on that deal. All right, let's talk about this week. Uh, we've heard about some outdoor practices. 
This weather wasn't very good for outdoor practices this week. That's had to be tough on the guys. Well, we had an opportunity. Uh, we're playing a team um, that's playing on grass, so we need to get out there and you know get on the grass. Uh, we've been playing, you know, synthetic turf for a while, um, so it was good for us. Uh, you know, I, I'm from Florida, so I like being on the grass. You know. The temperature, you know, was a little bit chilly, but it was good for us to get out and get those guys, you know, on the practice field in some frigid weather and, you know, really getting those guys to go out and compete um, this week. You know, I know we went out Tuesday and, and uh, in the snow on Wednesday, you know, for the full uh, practice. Um, if it got really bad, Coach Frost was going to bring it in, and uh, he saw practice was going so well, he just kept it out there So on Wednesday. So, you know, the kids are – or are buying into it. I think they learned a lot from uh, Minnesota. I know Coach Frost talks about he didn't think the guys were ready, you know, for the first really, you know, cool weather game. And, and uh, you know, this game is going to be somewhat cool, yeah. not as not as cool as it was in Minnesota. But, you know, giving those guys a chance to, to get out and experience, you know, a couple ga- days in the, in the frigid weather has been – uh, very, very good for us. I thought the footing in Minnesota was bad. I thought a lot of guys were slipping. What do you think of the I turf? I thought up so. There? Also, you know, saw the guys warming up a little bit, and you know, I saw it on film. Also, you know, preparing throughout throughout the week, a um, little bit of footing issues. But um, I don't know if it's something with their turf. But you know, obviously, you know, the weather with the rain and whatnot yeah. in Minnesota did you know did cause some slippage there. I'm anxious to see this surface because they played in a downpour. Last week, Purdue, I'm talking about Purdue. Purdue and Illinois played in the downpour. That's a grass field. That thing could have gotten wrecked. I don't know what we're going to see when we get there on Saturday. It could be a mess. Yeah, reports were today and uh, yesterday it was supposed to get a lot of rain. So um, we're hoping that they covered it up. Uh, yeah. But, you know, you guys know football, you got to play in the elements. And, uh, whatever field conditions there are, you got to go play in it. And that's not going to be an excuse for our, for our football team. We're going to go out and compete. Dorothy Lynch, homestyle dressing and condiments, the one-of-a-kind taste that goes with anything good for game day or any day. Dorothy Lynch, endless flavorabilities. One of the highlight games in the last two years was that snow game with Michigan State here. I think you guys had a great time. It was cold, snowy, and Huskers won, and they had a good time with that. Yeah, that was a tremendous game. Obviously, you know, being a Florida kid, you know, I've never coached in a, or played in a game, you know, with that magnitude. I played – um, my senior year, uh, played in, in the playoffs, one double A playoffs at, at Youngstown back in 1990. Um, it started snowing when the game ended. Uh, we ended up uh, upsetting them. They were number, ranked number one in the country at the time. And, and that was really the only time I really played in a true uh, sub-20, you know, conditions yeah. and, and um, been a part of it. But that Michigan State was a good experience for me. It was fun, obviously, now you know, getting the win. You're down, aren't you? You're on the sideline. Yes, I'm on the sideline. So you're so, in the elements. Yeah, I had to learn how to layer up, you know, <laughs> very quickly, you know. But, you know, you put on some layers and, you know, make sure you got your head, head protected and your feet protected. You, you're going to be in good shape. Coach Verdusco and Coach Walters, they get the comforts of the press box. <laughs> yes, I always wave at them <laughs> during the course of a game in those situations. Oh, that's great. He's originally from New York, but now calls the second city his home. He prefers seeing a yellow card over an icing call. His choice in pizza is still up for debate, but his knowledge of sports spans from boxing to yachting. Here's the worldly Teddy Greenstein of the Chicago Tribune. And it is time to our, talk to our favorite friend from Chicago, Teddy. I don't know if it's a if it's a if it's a slight to you or he's just tired of you, but Greg Greg passed this one off to me today. <laughs> 
Greg is so tired of me and all my horrible jokes and all my uh, rips on Northwestern. It makes perfect sense that he would uh, he would pass it off to you. But l- let's try to make him jealous and have you know the best interview of all time. Let's do it. Uh, well, the last time I saw you was Big Ten Hoops Meaty Days. You saw your old yeah. your old pal Fred Hoiberg. What would you take away? <laughs> Oh, I love Fred. And I'll tell you what, if he was still coaching the Bulls, I think they'd be better than one and four. I'm just going <laughs> to say that right now. Fred, uh, one day, um, hopefully he'll succeed in Nebraska. And then one day I bet he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be an NBA coach. And if he's got any decent players, any decent offensive players, you know, guys who can actually shoot and run fast, he'll be a success there too. Cause that guy knows offensive basketball. And I think people want to play for him. I would want to play for him. I mean, he gets upset occasionally, but he doesn't, you know, he's not going to knock your head off um, just just for sports. So I think he's, uh, you know, probably handling a tough situation right now as well as he can. Nebraska will probably be battling out with Northwestern for the 13th and 14th spot in the league, or maybe uh, one of them will surprise us. Might be the only radio show in the country right now that's breaking down the, the 13th and 14th place matchup already. Uh, you know, here on the last day of October, but you know, that's, yeah. so it goes. Well, if we haven't done this by now, we're way late. But do you have a good Fred Hoiberg story? Oh, you mean just like some random Fred Hoiberg story? Oh yeah, just something, something uh, that you know. Next time I see him, I can run by him. That that maybe you walked away slapping your knee at. Um, man, you put me on the spot, Ben. I mean, we did, uh, let's see, I saw him on the golf course once. I got to think of something. I got to think of some comeback. We'll do a future show, and I will come, uh, I will I will have a good Fred Hoiberg anecdote, or maybe I'll think of it uh, during the segment. Well, how about this segue? You have homework, and maybe your kid might have homework now, too. <laughs> That's right. smooth. Yeah, there's been a teacher strike for about two weeks in Chicago, and uh, I don't know if uh, if anybody out there follows Brian Hamilton, the fine uh, sports writer from The Athletic, but he has been losing his mind. He's had two kids at home. He's not getting any work done. I've looked at it as kind of a plus. Um, my seven-year-old Emmy goes to public school, so uh, I took her to a, a Chicago uh, basketball luncheon where the Northwestern women's coach, Joe McEwen, pretended to sign her to a scholarship. That was very sweet of him. Then I took her to my boxing class, so she, she she's you know doing some boxing. So I joked that now that the strike is over, they're finally going to go back to school tomorrow. It's a little disappointing because she was actually close to getting her pilot's license. Oh, man. And uh, black belt in judo. It's been so long since she's been in school. She was really accomplishing great things. But it is time to go back. Um, she's been living her best life. She's been waking up at nine o'clock every day and, and hanging out with me and, and her mom. So it's been okay. Well, she's been she's been uh, schooled in, in book smarts, and and you, you go <laughs> you hang out with dad. You're going to be street smart in a week, and it, it kind of sounds like you know you you taken care of your part. Um, well, let's kind of assess where we're at right now with with the Big Ten, and I want to start with Michigan. How how much right did did Harbaugh wrong with the win last week? God, that's a really good way of saying it. I mean, because there's been so much wrong in his tenure. Uh, Things started to get better, obviously, in the second half of that Penn State game. You know, they're getting drubbed. It looks like it's just going to be more of the same. And then, uh, you know, short of uh, Ronnie Bell uh, reception in the end zone, that would have tied the game. Um, You know, they they saved face against Penn State. That was a good performance. Now, this one against Notre Dame, no one saw coming. I I mean, no one saw coming. A a few reasons. You know, Michigan had – had come off that emotional game at Penn State. Notre Dame was rested. Um, the Irish, I thought, 
you know, look, I thought maybe they didn't have the highest ceiling, you know, good enough team to beat the top three in America, but I thought they had a really high floor. I thought they weren't capable of a complete dud. And here you go, Michigan, just blowing them out the window, just dominating on both lines, very manly, macho football, just completely crushing them in terms of uh, rush offense and rush defense. And now you, you wonder with Michigan, I mean, is this a, is this a real team? Um, you know, I was talking to Kirk Herbstreit the other day. I said, all right, who's got a better chance to beat Ohio State, Penn State or Michigan? And he said probably Michigan. Um, you know, Michigan is a very good home team. I think they're 12-0 and now over the last two seasons. So on the road, something happens to them that's ugly, as we saw in Madison. But at home, they got a lot of confidence. Is it is it possible for a defensive player to win the Heisman? And if not, is Chase Young the closest thing we'll get? Yeah, I mean, I'm really going to try. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for anybody in the Big Ten anyway, and, and I was actually covering the game at the shoe. And uh, it is a fascinating thing where right now, because of Chase Young, when as a viewer, when you're watching the game, I think you're watching Chase Young as much as you're watching the quarterback and the running back and the receivers. He's just that kind of a player. You know, four sacks, five tackles for loss. He's just completely interrupting plays he's making it impossible for the other team to function you know Northwestern actually did a pretty good job against him but that's because they rolled out to wherever he wasn't isn't you know the side that he wasn't Mm -hmm. on so as a result when you're rolling out every time you know you're not completing any passes more than about 15 or 20 yards so he is an unbelievably disruptive force of course there are two other decent Heisman Trophy candidates on that team and J.K. Dobbins uh, and Justin Fields so let's see what happens with these SEC quarterbacks you know maybe it'll be a a five to three LSU Alabama game, although that's kind of doubtful. But if it is, then uh, Chase Young is going to have a really good shot. I feel like uh, Ohio State, all they're doing to teams is they play them on Saturday and on Sunday, whoever they play is reevaluate where they're at as a program. <laughs> uh, it, so, with that being said, what's your what's your feel on Wisconsin after the last few weeks? That's actually a really good line. I mean, think about that. Think about. What Ohio State did to Nebraska, college game, game day weekend. Think about what Ohio State did to Northwestern, 52-3. to mm-hmm. Fitz's worst uh, home loss, I think it was. Uh, same for Wisconsin. Wisconsin, you know, two weeks ago, oh, is this the year? And now all of a sudden it's like, wow, what do we have to show for? We lost to Illinois and got absolutely crushed by Ohio State. Looked like a, you know, men versus boys type of game. So, yeah, I mean, this is – it looks like an all-star team, Ben. It looks like a, a team where I, I don't even know where you'd say there's a weakness. I, I mean, on top of everything, like their kicker made, a, I think, a 49-yard field goal in the rain mm-hmm. last week. The, the punter, is it Drew Chrisman, is fantastic. Um, the coaching's great. The offense is great. The defense is unbelievable. So, I mean, it'll be great to see down the stretch if Penn State can compete with them and Michigan can uh, somehow spring that upset. Uh, because it's about time that uh, you know a Big Ten champion made the playoff. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, the the state of Wisconsin right now. I mean I don't know the 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 West is such an intre- interesting dynamic right now, and I guess might as well just take your pulse on Minnesota. You think they're legit? Yeah. I mean, let's hold off until that Penn State game. I, I for a while I was thinking, all right, these guys are like Northwestern of 2018, where. You know, statistically, everyone's crapping on them, and oh, they're overrated. And as soon as they play somebody good, they're going to get crushed, and they just keep winning. Now, the difference now is that like Northwestern was winning 
close last year. I mean, they beat Rutgers by three, whereas Minnesota is really putting a beat down on teams. But when you're trying to figure out what is Minnesota's best win of the season, I mean, Nebraska? What is it? Illinois? Uh, Purdue? So the fascinating thing to me will be this. If Minnesota beats Penn State a week from Saturday, where's Minnesota going to be ranked? You know, and and if Minnesota somehow, some way, ends up in that Big Ten title game and somehow, some way, wins it and ends up thirteen and zero, as unlikely as it seems, is that even a playoff team? Like the schedule is so weak right now. So uh, let's see if they can get through Penn State first, and then we're going to have a world of interesting playoff possibilities in terms of you know who whoever loses the Penn State Ohio State game um, and possibly Minnesota, you know, making things weird. Yeah. I mean, just the idea of Minnesota being in a playoff right now—just—it's—it's—it's it's, it's literally insane. Uh, but 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 it could happen, I, I suppose. And but yeah, I'm with you. Let's let's wait and see kind of what happens with that Penn State game. Well, you're you're uh you're on the couch this weekend, but you're going to be covering. Yeah. You're going to be on the hardwood covering some bowls, right? I mean, what what? Yeah. What, where's this franchise at right now? Yeah, lucky me. Uh, we still don't have a Bulls beat writer. We're about to hire somebody, so uh, get your application in, Ben. I sure, know you're yeah. NBA I, you, will you be a reference? Oh, I would, I would 100%. Um, <laughs> I would uh, completely crush you when, I, <laughs> when somebody would make a call on you. Because, sure, put me on your resume. <laughs> you know, so I've got a couple of Bulls games coming up. I'm covering them Friday and Tuesday. Friday, they host the Pistons, and Tuesday, they host the Lakers. Now, the Bulls... See, uh, schedule started super soft with the exception of Toronto. So it was like at Charlotte, Memphis, Toronto, and New York, Cleveland. So the thought was, all right, these guys will at least get off to a good start. And instead, they are one four, and people are already who, who thought this was a playoff team are saying, what in the world was I thinking? So right now, I'll tell you what, Chicago sports, man, we got it bad. The Blackhawks are bad. The Bears are underachieving. Northwestern football. Uh, you know it's a tough situation when like Illinois football is the bright spot. I wasn't gonna bring it up, man. I, I was gonna leave it. I was I was gonna leave it alone. But uh, but you took it there, man. I so I went to Kansas City for the Chiefs game last week, and I listened to the entire Bears game. And I can tell you, yeah. I've never heard louder boos on the radio <laughs> than going into halftime at Soldier Field. Like normally, you can't even really yeah. pick it up, but those folks weren't happy. Oh, God. I mean, this has been shocking. I mean, you're talking about a team that went 12-4 and last year with a young quarterback and who we thought was an offensive genius coach. What could possibly go wrong? They've even got a new kicker. And instead, it's been incredible regression, and Mitch is just barely hanging on to his job, and it's been a complete train wreck. And, of course, this great kicker who has been coming through all season misses the game winner, Eddie Pinheiro, last week. So... Oh, there's a lot of frustration and anger building, and none of that has to do with the teacher strike. Well, I shouldn't say that, and only some of that has had to do with the teacher strike. Well, um, I'm, I'm sending my, my, my best condolences to your inbox and to everybody at the Tribune for everything that they've been enduring the last few weeks and will continue <laughs> to endure for the next, well, for the Bulls until, well, let's see, when's their season over? Uh, in February? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know. Good enough. Bears. Yeah, I know, I know. De- DePaul basketball, I just wrote a column, you know, kind of ripping that program. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern hoops, terrible. We need a winner here, man. We, 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 need a little, we need a little light shine on this city. 
Well, so very soon pitchers and catchers will report for the Cubs, and uh, <laughs> and old David Ross will get, will rally the troops. Teddy, we appreciate it, man. Enjoy uh, this weekend of football on your couch. You deserve it. Then next time we talk, I'll have a great Hoiberg anecdote for you, whether it's true or false. Yeah, get to work on your homework. Thanks, man. <laughs> See you, buddy. What's this one from? It's Halloween. Yeah. This is the easiest one. This is a layup. Popped her in there. Hey, the Nebraska FFA Foundation supports agriculture education and FFA by growing leaders, building communities, and strengthening agriculture. Support your FFA chapter through the I Believe campaign. Learn more at neffafoundation.org. Brought to you by Hogemeyer Hybrids and Central Valley Ag. Greg Sharp back with Ben McLaughlin putting a wrap here on tonight's show. We're watching undefeated Baylor playing West Virginia in the Big 12 tonight. 7-0 halftime. The Bears have the lead, but West Virginia putting up a pretty good fight. The Arizona Cardinals, not so much. They got out to a great start. Did they? 7-0. What is it now, 21-7? Boy, did you see what the Niners did to the Panthers last week? Holy smokes. Yes, They're I legit. I, I want to keep calling them a fraud, but they keep kind of laughing in my face. Garoppolo's not bad. There's a lot of people. There's a think lot of parts of that team that aren't bad. There's people that think it's going to be a Garoppolo-Brady Super Bowl come February. I'd like it better if it was a Garoppolo-Mahomes Super Bowl. Well, I know Super you would. Bowl. Got to get Mahomes healthy. Chiefs are They're getting there. Chiefs are really falling out of any chance of being home field. That's going to probably be the Patriots will have home field through playoffs. But they lost to New England at Arrowhead last year. Maybe, maybe you can go beat them in Foxborough. I would rather play them at Arrowhead. I would, too. <laughs> I would, too. Chiefs have the Vikings. That'll be a heck of a game yeah. on Sunday. Mahomes play? I'm going to say no. And kind of just for the reason that you said, um, I would rather have him for the playoffs than try and get him, you know, playing at 70% with a risk of getting injured further. Uh, to, to me, it depends and Matt on, Moore hasn't been terrible. No, he has not. I, I'm not sure they can beat the Vikings with that. Maybe they can beat the Vikings with, with just Matt Moore running that team. But that'll be uh, – I think it's a noon game. You'll have all this on the weekend preview tomorrow. And I believe it's on noon game on Fox – on Sunday for the Chiefs game on a Sunday. Boy, it's a skinny weekend in the Big Ten. Yeah, There's it's a not bunch good. a bunch of teams. Well, college football period isn't great. The cocktail party, that's about the best. That's about the only really good game in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, some would say Oregon-SC. It's a decent matchup in the Pac-12 with Oregon traveling to L.A. Hopefully they can get in there with all those stinking fires that are going uh, on out there. It's just terrible. awful. Yeah, terrible. Just really bad out there. All right, tomorrow night on the program, we'll have a preview of Ben Saturday's weekend conversation. It's going to be with kicker Barrett Pickering, who made his debut in 2019 last week, went one for two in field goals, did make all of his extra points, made four extra points in the game. Uh, just a comfort level, Fiendly having Barrett back on this football team kicking, so we'll have that conversation for you tomorrow night. We'll have our Choices Treatment Center Big Ten picks. I was wretched. I mean wretched. Last week, I think I went three and four in last week's picks. Just brutal. Uh, hopefully, it'll bounce back tomorrow night. We'll do that. We'll hear from Tim Newton, the play-by-play voice of the Boilermakers. Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network, will be by to give us the latest information on the National Football League. We'll also have our weekend preview. Hear from Husker cross-country coach David Harris. Harriers are headed to Columbus, Ohio for the Big Ten meet 
on Sunday, and we'll have our weekend review. So busy Friday night show, which will originate from West Lafayette. We'll be there with the Husker football team getting ready for Saturday's game. Callers and guests into our show. Dot us up on our Sports Nightly Hotline, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Thanks to Ben, to Tim, to Austin, and to all of you. Have a great night. Talk to you again tomorrow night from West Lafayette.